you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to Isaiah 26. We've been in this Isaiah series, and I believe the Lord's been directing a little bit of traffic this week, especially in the last 24, even 12 hours, as far as where this message is going. Um, You'll see in a moment. We're going to read verses 1 through 19, and then we're going to have, um, I think, one of the most powerful times as a congregation uh, this year, okay? So who's ready to get going, all right? Let's get into the Word. Before we do, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to bless this time together. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your presence in our life. I thank You that You speak into our lives that you desire to work in our lives, that you desire for us to draw closer to you. And we just ask you to have your way with this time. May you receive all the glory, honor, and praise for what is going to take place right here together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Isaiah 26, starting in verse 1. This is a song of praise to the Lord, and it says, In that day, and that day is referring to the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, when He comes back to this earth and sets up His kingdom, it says, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. They say, our city is strong, and we are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal rock. And He humbles the proud, and He brings down the arrogant city, and He brings it down to the dust. The poor and oppressed trample it underfoot, and the needy walk all over it. But for those who are righteous, the way is not steep and rough. You are a God who does what is right, and you smooth out the path ahead of them. Lord, we show our trust in You by obeying Your laws. Our heart's desire is to glorify Your name. In the night, I search for You. In the morning, I earnestly seek You. For only when You come to judge the earth will people learn what is right. Your kindness to the wicked does not make them do good. Although others do right, the wicked keep doing wrong and take no notice of the Lord's majesty. O Lord, they pay no attention to your upraised fist. Show them your eagerness to defend your people. Then they will be ashamed. Let your fire consume your enemies. Lord, you will grant us peace. All we have accomplished is really from you. O Lord our God, others have ruled us, but you alone are the one we worship. And those we serve before are dead and gone. Their departed spirits will never return. You attacked them and destroyed them, and they are long forgotten. O Lord, You have made our nation great. Yes, You have made us great. You've extended our borders, and we give You glory. Lord, in distress we searched for You. We prayed beneath the burden of Your discipline. Just as a pregnant woman rises and cries out in pain as she gives birth, So were we in your presence, Lord. We too writhe in agony, but nothing comes of our suffering. We have not given salvation to the earth, nor brought life into the world. But those who die in the Lord will live. 
their bodies will rise again. Those who sleep in the earth will rise up and sing for joy. For your life-giving light will fall like dew on your people in the place of the dead. All right, that's where we're going to stop. So I had this message ready to roll, PowerPoint put together, kind of how I thought things were going to flow this morning. And then at 10.30 at night last night, I feel like the Lord told me, you need to switch some things up, Russ. Okay. Well, so part of that switching up was a text message to an individual in our congregation at about 10 to 11, wondering how this might work itself out. And then this morning, we actually we were able to have a phone conversation. And I believe God is wanting to do something through some testimony today. And we're going to break down this passage through that testimony. And I just believe God is orchestrating something that He wants to share with us today. And so folks, would you please welcome up here with me, Kale, Mark, and Terry Samuelson. Yeah. All right. Let's have a seat, huh? Are you guys nervous? This isn't your cup of tea. Well, they're writing on about two hours of notice here. And so, with this message, I just want to kind of give you guys a little bit of a backdrop if you have no idea who these people are and what happened to them uh, roughly three weeks ago. But on late Friday afternoon, Cale was driving his vehicle from the Seahusen Farm uh, west of Pocahontas and met another vehicle on the gravel road and both of them tried to get over but Cale's vehicle lost control. Cale was ejected from the vehicle and flew, what, 50 yards? And so ejected from the vehicle, flown out of the vehicle. Uh, There were people from our congregation who happened to be farming in a field not too far from where this went down. Those individuals came right over, began praying over Kale in the ditch. EMT is called, ambulance comes out, all these different people to help with the situation. They're now headed to Pocahontas. I get a phone call from Terry. Obviously, this is a very intense situation. We don't know how Cale is doing. We just know that he was in an accident and that they are taking him to the hospital and they're calling LifeLight in uh, to be a part of this as well. So as I'm driving from Manson to Pocahontas, whenever there's a LifeLight, typically it's from Des Moines, and it flies over Manson. If any of you live in Manson, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If it goes to Pocahontas, you can hear this thing. And so for me, I'll just be straight up with you as your pastor, I was ready to throw up as I was driving down N65. And I was looking for this helicopter because to me, if Cale was still alive, they would fly in to get him. And so I'm driving, looking for this thing. It's not flying over. 
And so I'm getting more and more sick as I'm making my way down to N65. And I turn on Highway 3 and just over Pocahontas, there's a helicopter. So I knew that Kale was alive. The, the flight actually came from Mason City. And there's more to that story if we want to get in on that. He ended up getting flown to Des Moines eventually. Um, but I just want to uh, acknowledge the Lord's hand of grace and protection upon Kale uh, in the midst of everything that took place. And so I'll let you guys kind of share some things from your perspective that happened three weeks ago and then to where you're at today. So I'll let you just kind of take turns and share, and I can ask you questions as well. Oh, a Kleenex Thanks box. Thanks for the Kleenex, yeah. That's and great. if you need those, I think the, I think the first thing I want to go back, and, and we saw the hand of God firsthand. Kill. Kale saw it. I guess first thing I want to say is, Kale doesn't remember anything of the accident, which is which we're very thankful for that. Uh, it was traumatic as it was for him. He doesn't remember any of it until two days before we came home from uh, Blank Children's Hospital. Um, my the neighbor that met him on the road um, told me here I don't know a week ago, a couple days ago. He said I saw the whole thing in my rearview mirror as I'm meeting Kale on top of the road. Uh, his car turned sideways in the middle of the road, rolled once, and he was ejected like tree height in the air. And he claimed that he saw Kale dangling in the air. He saw the big, the big uh, belt on his, on, his, on his belt, belt buckle. It was shining. He said it looked like Woody off of Toy Story. He was just dangling in the air. And then the car continued to roll and he actually came back down. He, and the, my neighbor said it looked like a cloud of dust. But earlier that day, I mean, earlier in the wreck, he said there was no dust on the road. But where did this dust ball come from? But the car was in the dust ball rolling, and Kale actually went back down in that ball of dust. And then went from the west side of the road and landed in the east side ditch. And I said, there was no dust on that road. How could he have got from there to there, to the east side of the ditch? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it's, the, it's the, the hand of God. I think the ball of dust was the hand of God. And I was thinking about it this morning, that it's not just one hand. It was, it was two hands that picked him out of that. Said, no, I'm not going to let you fall into that rolling blender of a car and get hurt again. He picked him up with both hands and set him over in the ditch. And, and that's, where he, that's where he stopped. So he ended up 75 feet south of the car. The car was facing north on the east side of the ditch and he was 75 feet south of it, face down in the ditch. And, and he comes out of it with, with um, um, three fractures, one in his, in his head, two, fr two fractured vertebrae, and we have no broken bones, no Oh, and lung contusions, I guess, but no broken bones, no cuts. He's got some, he had some scrapes on his hand. They're healed already. That's three weeks ago. They're healed already. And one bruise on his side, and it's, it's just about gone. It's a little tender, but it's just, it's just about gone. Go ahead. We are working through the traumatic brain injury. That's what we're working through right now. But... It's good. <laughs> so, I think what 
we've, we're learning about out of this that I want to be happy for Kale. I want to be happy that he's alive. I want to basically boast about it. But my, my heart says, no, 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 don't, don't, you can't be that excited about it. But I was reassured by Psalms 34. It says, if you're going to boast, boast about the Lord. And Kale's verse that he, go ahead. His, his favorite verse that he actually said during his affirmation day several years ago was 1 Corinthians 31. If you're going to boast, boast in the Lord. So, <laughs> so we're, gonna, we're, we're trying gonna be to do that <laughs> and be excited for what God has done, even though we know that as well as you all do, there's many prayers that are not answered, but these prayers are being answered and we're seeing it on a regular basis. And when we were at the hospital, were there days where we would get down, of course, but it seemed like when we would get down, we would hear from someone in the congregation. You all have been so overwhelmingly supportive, supportive to us and we felt it. And we would get, when we were, he was struggling with pain, the pain was so overwhelming. And someone would text and say, what can I pray for? Right now we're dealing with pain. And it seemed like in a 48 hour period, they got it managed and, and his pain was under control. And, and then the next thing someone texted and we said, we can't get him to eat. They're thinking about a food tube in his nose and we can't get him to eat. And we got a text from one of you saying that our prayer is that he is, he is going to eat. And within 24 hours, he was eating. And he, he, just a few bites, but within 48 hours, he was asking for poncheros. <laughs> so of course we got him poncheros. Twice. <laughs> so I guess what, what, what we're saying is that there, there are many prayers and, and we know that God answers them in different ways. And right now, all that we can boast about is how he's answering them in our, in our situation. And we know there's more to, more to come. He is walking, talking, laughing, eating, making jokes, and um, God is not done with him yet. Okay, I'm going to ask some questions, but we're going to walk through a little bit of our passage here first, because I want to see how some of these things were realities uh, for you guys the past few weeks, okay? So in that passage in Isaiah 26, there's a lot there, and the first thing I want to just talk about is what is our part with Isaiah 26? You see this not only in the, the people of Judah and the nation of Israel, what their part is, but this is our part also today. And so here's some things that you and I, we play in this faith journey. We trust God. We seek God. We obey Him. 
So we walk in his ways. And then this part's not always the easiest. We suffer. We go through difficult circumstances in life. Would you agree with that? We go through difficulties. Uh, this hasn't been an easy journey for you guys the last few weeks. There's been suffering. Uh, but these are things that we go through. This, this is our part in the Isaiah uh, 26 story. And so of those items, one through four, that uh, we trust, we seek, we obey, and we suffer, is there one that sticks out the most to you guys the last few weeks? I would say the suffer one, number four. I mean, this has been big with me for a long time. And this just reiterates what, what God has placed in, in my heart, that, that we suffer. We, we have to go through suffering, but it's not directed towards us. Um, it, it, causes, it causes us to reach out, to ask people for help. Re, it causes us to go to the Word. It causes us to uh, exercise, maybe. And, and it, what, it, what the end result is it causes us to grow closer to God through the whole thing. And if we didn't suffer, we didn't have to suffer, what would we need God for? I mean, it's, that's part of it's huge for me. That, yeah, it's suffering, it's hard, we all go through hardships, but it's all causing us to grow closer to God. I think trust also, because... Say that again, Which I one? think trust also okay. was because there were several times where... We would, we would lay down in bed and we'd say, how do people go through this without the Lord? Yeah. Yep. Because we just went, went to the Lord in prayer constantly, constantly mm -hmm. for every little, every little thing. I mean, stuff would come up. I can't even put it into words. I don't know. But trust is another one. Well, so these are things that we do when we're going through circumstances. God also has a part in this in Isaiah 26. So let's look at what he does based on the verses there in Isaiah 26. One thing God does is he brings salvation. He saves people. That can be seen a couple ways. First and foremost, he saves people spiritually. And if the Lord brings anybody to Christ because of what they've walked through or the things that we walk through then glory be to God, He brings somebody into the kingdom and pulls them out of a life of destruction and hell. And so God saves spiritually. He also can save physically in our circumstances. In this situation, we give glory to God that, Kale, you're alive. I mean, this thing could have unfolded completely different. But we give thanks to the Lord for saving you from that wreckage. Okay, one other thing that God does is He guides our life. So He talks about establishing the people of Israel and also making straight their paths, making smooth their paths. You said, how could people walk through this without Christ? So having the Lord with you, He guides you through this every step of the way, and He establishes you. He gives you favor along the way. Here's another one. God gives peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. How many of you, by show of hands, can attest to that? You go through something difficult, and God gives a supernatural peace into your life that surpasses understanding. God gives us peace. 
Another thing he does, even though there's things going on in our life and the enemy might be against us, that can be our spiritual enemy, Satan and his demons, or that can be people that are just after us, but God defends us. He defends us, and he will right all wrongs. One day that's going to take place. And so, based on God's part, that list right there, He saves, He guides, He gives peace, He defends. Is there one that sticks out the most to you guys? I'll take number four again. He number four. <laughs> he defends us. And, and um, through this whole course of the matter, um, one comment was made. It was a, it was a, or one video was sent to us. It was about Louis Giglio. And, and claiming that, that God creates a table of, of food for you, individually for you. He's bought for it. He's paid for it. He's, he's prepared it for you individually. And you have a place at your table that's been prepared for you by God. And the enemy has no place at that table. But he's so bold, and he sits down right beside you and starts eating that food and says, you're not worthy. You're not good enough. You know, and that's just the enemy coming against you. And, and God defends it and says, you are in control of your own table. The comment was, is don't let the enemy set a, have a seat at your table. Don't let the enemy have a seat at your table. You are in control of your own table. And that just kept going over and over and over in my mind. The enemy has no place at my table that's been prepared for me by God. And and, and he can, and like when we're down, like when we're down, we're, we're listening, like, oh, this is, this is horrible, horrible. But he defends us. He, he, he comes in and go, comes against the enemy and, and says, this isn't your place. God's got this. Mine would be peace because I know where he, where Caleb was or is in his walk with the Lord. And I had peace in knowing that God had a plan. And I needed to trust in that plan, whatever the outcome may be. So let's throw the memory verse up on the screen for the week. You talk about trust and peace. Isaiah 26, verse 3. The Bible says that God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So that's where we get our peace is when we trust in the Lord who's in total control. Even if it seems like the situation is out of control, God is the one in control and He gives peace as we trust in Him. I think when that peace gets a little bit out of line, it's because we're not trusting. And there's a, a, a balance there. And I would say there's probably moments through this where you guys, you, need, you wanted things to happen right now. Right now, we need to see this taking place. And there were times you had to wait on that. The waiting is hard. The waiting is hard. And so, one thing that when you get into those situations where you're waiting on the Lord, stress can start to build up in your life, right? And the peace is being robbed because we feel like we need something right now. Stress makes you believe that everything has to happen right now. But faith reassures you that everything will happen in God's timing. God was working, He was orchestrating, He was healing, and I'll just say this, 
from the first night to a couple days later down in Des Moines, seeing Kale, lots of sleep, a lot of sleeping, um, and really not very coherent. You know, you might have been saying some things. And then Friday evening, I went over to the Samuelson home, and here this young man is sitting upright in living room furniture, just like the Kale you always know, and I'm thinking, oh my word, look at this miracle right before my eyes. And I sat down next to him, and we talked about a variety of things, and then it was time to eat together, and it's time for us to get up, and who wants to help me get up out of the living room <laughs> furniture? This young man in the back brace who probably shouldn't be doing that, but his heartbeat uh, is just to continue to be polite and to serve. It's the same kale in there that God is, is walking with. And that politeness, you guys talked about how the doctors said because of the head trauma, he, he could be a very angry individual coming out of all of this. And you guys just prayed over that, that, that there would be peace over him as he's coming to. And all you heard was this, yes, ma'am, yes, please, uh, no thank you. And we did have some. We had some anger, and we noticed that, but we overcompensated on the politeness that we would see and yep. that's what we talked about well and you told me Friday night he maybe got a little mouthy with the staff at one point but then when she left the room and she was on her way out he finished it with thank, thank, you. thank you thank you thank you so it was all good at that point right yeah. yeah well we're very thankful that there wasn't a lot of the reaction that maybe normally takes place with these kinds of injuries you know, one thing I want to address with how this passage ends in Isaiah 26, verse 19, it talks about how God is a God who resurrects. Not only our circumstances, but I just want to say this. Terry mentioned one thing that was for her a very peaceful thing, is that no matter what happened, she knew where Cale was at with the Lord. He was saved. And so if Cale would have transitioned to heaven, we would still praise the Lord. And God is still good. Because we know that God resurrects even after your life here on earth. God resurrects. And we live in light of the fact that there is a future home that all of us have. And 1 Peter 1 verse 3 through 7 talks about that, how we should live as people that no matter what we're going through, we know we have an inheritance. And since we live out of that inheritance, we, we don't need to let the things of life weigh us down like maybe it weighs down other people. But know that God is a God who resurrects either our circumstances or even our life itself. He has the power to do that. He has the power to do that. Is there anything else that you guys would want to say before we close this time? I'd like to say thank you for the, to the whole church. The whole church, family, friends. I like it. Like I think Terry mentioned before, but we were overwhelmed with support, with, with prayer. Um, prayer works. We could feel it. I mean, we're, we were, I mean, we were just lifted up. And it's hard for, hard for Terry and I to, to take support because we, we can do it on our own. We can do it. We can do it. But it's hard for us to take it. But we also are very, very, very thankful for 
the support of our church family. And like you say, where can you, how can you go through something like this without support of your church family? Um, one thing real quick, when we were in Des Moines, we, we evidently had a huge windstorm that, that came through. And here I am away from our acreage. Um, I'm, we're in Des Moines with Kale and my machine shed doors blew up on off of my machine shed. So my whole shop was completely exposed. And my first thought was like, you know what? Whatever, it's, it's gone. I mean, it, it is what it is. I can't get to it, it's just gonna have to be there. We had friends from church that came in and came to our house and put my doors back on my machine shed. We came home, it was just like we hadn't left. It was perfect. And I thank Jeff Dorneth for doing that and his crew and my brother Sean, um, we're blessed with family and friends that can, that can help in time of need. Um, that was overwhelming to me. Um, next thing is, is the, 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 this, we call this the turtle shell and the neck brace. The turtle shell and neck brace are on uh, basically for safety reasons. Uh, Kale has two f fractured vertebrae, which it sounds horrible, but it's just real, real minute crack on his vertebrae. Uh, two different vertebrae, I don't know. L9 and L11 or something. And um, the neck brace is on. So this is going to be on for six weeks just for safety reasons. So if he, if he gets up and falls, he could hurt himself uh, if he didn't have it on. So we're going to leave it on for six weeks. The neck brace is on for six weeks because when they brought him into the ICU, he said, do you have any neck pain? He says, yeah, I have neck pain. So he says, immediately we're, the, the neck brace is going to be on for six weeks. They did do neck or x-rays on his vertebrae on his neck to find nothing wrong from, from here to the top of his shoulders, but from across the shoulders, they couldn't see, um, they couldn't get a good picture with the x-ray, so we're just gonna leave the neck brace on and he'll be fine, supposedly. So it's on for six weeks and he likes it. <laughs> Makes him look cool, right? Yeah. But we thank you for, for your thoughts, reaching out to us, the the cards, the prayers, the messages on Caring Bridge, the, the gifts, the food, the, it goes on and on. It's very hard for us. We're, we are, it's very easy for us to give. It's not as easy to receive. So we are very grateful and thankful to all of you for many things. Folks, we're going to close this time in prayer here in a moment, but one thing I just want to emphasize is that God is a God who saves. And if you're sitting here today and you're hearing about the reality of God, He is real, He's alive, He's active today, and if you desire to have His guidance, His direction, His peace, His defense in your life, then I encourage you to reach out to Him in faith. He's calling you into a relationship with Him. And He desires that relationship with you. And we're going to pray about that here in a moment. But we also just recognize that all of us, we walk through circumstances in life and know that God is with us. God is at work. And no matter how the circumstance turns out, whether they're alive to share about it or we grieve because we've lost a loved one, God resurrects our circumstances.
God resurrects our circumstances and our very life. We're going to pray here. I'm going to ask the worship team, could we sing um, Great Are You, Lord, to finish off the service? Let's pray right now uh, to close this time. Father, we thank you for how you have been at work in the Samuelson's situation and for your protection and provision over Kale from the moment the accident took place all the way to this very moment now and also the healing you're doing in the days ahead. And Father, for all of us listening right now, there's, there's possibly some needs that we have in our life, things that we need you to minister to, things that we need you to, to uh, heal, to provide for, uh, to bring peace. Lord, we just ask that you would move upon circumstances right now and that, Lord, you would cause faith to rise, that we would be people who trust you, who seek you, who obey you, and even as we walk through the difficulties of life where there's suffering, Lord, we know that you are at work and you are with us. And Father, if there's someone listening right now that uh, there is a calling you're doing right now by the power of your Holy Spirit, you're inviting an individual into a relationship with you. You bring salvation spiritually into people's lives. We're separated from God by our sin, but Jesus Christ came to pay the penalty and the price for that sin so that if we put our faith and trust in Jesus and ask for the forgiveness of our sin, we can have a relationship with you. And if there's someone listening right now that desires that relationship, I invite you to pray with me in your heart and say, Jesus, today I give you my life. I'm asking for forgiveness of my sin. And today I put my faith and trust in you. And I want you in my life. Save me. Make me new. And help me. Help me to walk with you from this day forward. Thank you for this gift of salvation that comes by grace through faith. We love you, Lord. We want to sing your praise right now and give you all glory and honor. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.